Hey, are you or someone you care about considering, dealing with, or being through a divorce or separation? Well, you're in the right place. You don't have to do this alone. There are people who care and want to help. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thanks for joining me on the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. You are going to hear from our team of experts and professionals how to navigate this difficult transition in your life easier, more efficiently, and with better outcomes. Did you know we host online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome? Check out the links in our show notes and be sure and join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. In this episode of the Hope in Hell series, we join one of our online divorce resource groups where we welcome guest keynote speakers to discuss a topic that's specific versus our other meetings where we connect and give people some idea of the resources that are out there to support them. Now today, Madge Osman joins us to talk more about this really obscure topic for some people, abuse. What is it? What constitutes abuse? How has our notions or our preconceived ideas of what it is uh, changed and hopefully has broadened to understand what this actually encompasses now. We have a discussion around abuse and I think you're going to find it quite interesting and enlightening and I hopefully it lights a fire under you to get involved, speak up, make a difference. Madge is the founder of Women on Wings Society in Calgary and they support people uh, leaving abusive situations. Really interesting stuff here. So I also encourage you to check out the Hope and Hell online support group for women. All of these groups and these meetings are free. They're on Meetup. All the links are going to be in the show notes and you can easily access those from wherever you feel safe to do so. I'm really pleased to introduce you to Madge back on the show and we are again going to be discussing the topic of abuse. Welcome, Madge. You are an absolute angel in this world and what you are doing to support and encourage women who are in difficult and unsafe situations is absolutely phenomenal. Um, You know, we come to these places through on a on a rough road and you are are making a difference in so many's so many people's lives and i welcome you to our online divorce resource group today and you are going to be telling us more about abuse in general and the work that you do welcome matt thank you um i guess i should start by introducing myself and how i um started this nonprofit. um my name is Matt Jasmine. I actually started this nonprofit about four years ago. Um, I started it in memory of my mom, who was um, 
in an abusive relationship with my father for 50 years. And he um, was physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially abusive. Growing up in a household like that, that was normal for me. Um, and then I got married and repeated the same cycle with my ex-husband. The difference is I left. And when my mom passed away five years ago, I wanted to do something um, and take the pain and turn it into purpose. Um because there was a lot of things that I did not know when I left my ex. And I sat there one day on my couch thought, thinking to myself, if my mom knew if there was resources out there, would she have made a different decision? Would she have made different choices? And if I knew what resources were out there, would my life have been, would it have been different for me the way I would have navigated through a divorce, leaving um, domestic abuse? Um and that's how it all started. I started with a vision of wanting to help these women that are out there that are stuck in these situations because they think they're stuck and not knowing what resources are out there to help them. Um, the biggest reason a lot of women do stay is the financial abuse, um, where a lot of women feel like there's no way out, especially if they have children. They worry about how they're going to support these little ones and how they're going to support themselves. And I want to be able to share these resources, help these women um, that are stuck in these situations to help them find a little glimmer of hope and in hopes that they know that there are ways out. It's not always easy, um, but there is a way. And so that's where we, we, where I started and here we are now. And um, we've helped many, many, many women, um, many families um, that are struggling. And um, I, I, I love to see these women that we've, we've helped thrive and make a better life for themselves. That's absolutely amazing. And what a gift. What are some of the areas that you see women struggle the most you mentioned financial and we do hear that it's fairly common for women to return to an abusive situation what's your what are your thoughts what have you seen around that we've seen a lot of our clients go back um we've seen we've had a lot of women that are referred to us who are just not ready to leave um we find that there's a lot of women out there that don't realize that they're even in an abusive relationship because it's all they've known. So to them, they don't ident identify it as abuse because that to them was, is the norm. So um, it's, it's not something you can force these women to do. They have to be ready to want to do it. And it's a huge step. It's scary. And it takes a lot of courage a lot of courage to say I'm done. Um, and sometimes these women are so wrapped around their abuser's finger that, you know, the, it's the tiniest thing that will take them back. And, you know, it's, it's, there are women that will go back six to eight times before they decide they're done. And so it's, it's not something that is simple as, Hey, I, I want to leave the situation and, you know, I'm just going to, do it there's 
every situation is different. Every situation is unique. There is no situation that's the same because we're all different and we all deal with things differently. So our goal is to try and help these women. If they're not ready, we honor, we, we honor the fact that they are not ready. There is no forcing someone to do something because it has to come from you. You have to be the one to say, I'm done. And, you know, we try and provide them with the resources. Um, there's a lot of resources out there that will help these women. We've collaborated with a lot of these organizations. Um, one of the newest organizations we've just collaborated with, which I'm super, super excited about, is um, Shelter Movers. They have quite a few chapters out in the east, and they have one out on the east on the west coast. And what they do is they actually help these women and their families move and store their stuff in storage until they are ready to either relocate or if they have found another um, residence, we actually they would actually help them move from where they are to another to their new location with the help of the authorities. Um, so they've collaborated with CPS and with the RCMP. Um, they've also collaborated with a storage um, storage company that will help store their things because that's one of the other things that will keep people, women in their situations. They don't want to leave their stuff. So um, this company is amazing and we have collaborated with them. Um, we I wish they were around a long time ago um, with our, we had a client when we first started our very first client, um, we had to move her out and we had to wait for her husband not to be home. And we had to call the RCMP and we had um, a trailer and we loaded her up and we moved her, but it's scary because you don't know what could happen. So this company, this nonprofit shelter movers is, is such a great, Thing to have now in Calgary and they are in, in Edmonton as well um, so it's nice to know that we have that support where these women can be relocated from where they are or where they're going or have their stuff stored at no cost until they're ready to to move um, you know a lot of these women do go into shelters a lot of these women will go into the Brenda Stafford Center um, and but they don't want to lose their precious items and goods and furniture or paintings or whatever that may be to them. Um, so it's, there's so much involved. There's so much involved. And the thing is when you leave, that's just the first step. That's not it. You're not done. There's the healing, the healing of the trauma, healing of all these years of being conditioned to think that, you're not worthy or you have no self-esteem or I can't do this or they can't find a job. And right now with the way things are in the economy with the inflation, and we've all seen how hard it is to find a rental right now. It's, it's crazy. The, the cost of rent right now. So we don't want these women to think that there's no way out because they can't afford something. It's, it's there is the way out we just have to find the solution for it i don't like to look at things and think this is a problem i like to look and think what is the solution that we can find to this problem um because there's always a solution there's always a solution i want to unpack this a little bit madge because first the safety is an issue and that is a a very 
basic need, a very, uh, very important to address that first. But there's the overwhelm, like you said, that's just the beginning. It's overwhelming to make that decision to that you have to leave. And even if it's just yourself, let alone if you've got children as well, and the overwhelm of all the details and the emotion and also that underlying concern for your safety, it's it probably is part of what paralyzes women into just just staying in that situation. And the other thing I would really like to bring more attention to um, shelter movers, yes, and that you did mention that's at no cost and there's also unlimited moves. So they can move to a temporary housing and then and then move again and they would have that assistance from that organization. Um, I, and another thing is being unaware that what you are in is abuse. Many, many, many women have been in it for so long, or they've grown up in that type of an environment as well, and don't even recognize that, that this is abuse. And there's no shame, no guilt, no judgment from, from us who've been there and, and, and see it. Unfortunately, there is from a lot of the general public on women that, well, why don't you just leave? Can you talk about your response when you hear when you hear that? That bothers me to the point I just it actually makes me want to cry when people say that because you cannot if you haven't been in that situation and you can sit there and say, why didn't you leave sooner? Why didn't you leave sooner? It's not that easy. I mean, I know for myself. I have four kids. I raised them on my own. Um, and when I when I was ready to leave, I, I had I also am, you know, our culture and our religion is very judgmental. And it was really, really hard knowing that I was gonna walk away from a marriage um with four children and not have the, the family support, not have the supports that I needed in terms of who's going to, who's going to help me, um, especially with four kids working a full-time job. Uh, if you haven't been in it, you won't understand it. And, and if it's all you've known, if it's all you've known, how do you identify that as abuse? It's not until you're out of the situation and that you actually have unpacked that stress, that, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the physical component is huge. There's so many women that get sick because of the stress that they carry, like physically sick. I was one of those women. I know, Dina, you and I have had many conversations about our situations. Um, there's so much, there's so much. So for when someone says, well, why didn't you leave sooner? Or, you know, why did you stay so long? What were their options? Did, did they even know they had options? And we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to judge. And to be to to, to be in a, a nonprofit that helps these women, that is the last thing you want to do. And I've had women say to me that we have helped. I just didn't want, you know, like we just helped a lady. It broke my heart. And this is the one thing I, I, I'm trying to learn to not take it all on, but it's really hard not to because it's it's heartbreaking what's happening. Um, she's been in a, out of an abusive relationship for six years and he's still stalking her. He's still stalking her. 
you know, and, and, and I had to go over to her place because she needed to move where she's from because she's not safe. So we had to organize a move for her. Um, and it's heartbreaking to see the environment that she lives in. It debilitates you. It paralyzes you. Um, you know, sometimes you don't realize how much it does when you're, even when you're, your, your environment itself becomes cluttered because your mind is cluttered with all these thoughts and fears. So, you know, she's, she's finally moving out today <laughs> and I'm so happy for her. She just texted me and she's like, the move is going so well. We, we, we've got everything going. She's on cloud nine and she's, she's feeling like she's already safe right? She's, he's not going to know where she is. Um, and now she's moving to another location and she's looking, you know, she's, she's going to start therapy after this. Um, she's going to do trauma release therapy. Um, she needs, a, she wants a better life. She wants a better life. And it's just, I don't think there's anything you can say to say to someone who's never been in that situation, you can't judge them because if you've never been through it, you will never understand it. But this is why we need to talk about it more. This is why we need to talk about what happens in these situations. Why do women get scared to talk about it? Or even men, because there are men out there that are abused as well. Um, the, the, and not carry that shame. You should not have to feel shame about a situation that you probably never thought you would see yourself in or have to get out of. So I, I, I encourage a lot of people to come from a place of understanding and compassion and empathy. The world needs more of that now. And, and I think we need more of that in every area of our lives. Um, it's one of the most devastating things you have to go through. It's, it's, it's actually a death. In a lot of ways, this is the death and you're, you're gonna be grieving that. And you need to allow yourself to grieve that so that you, you can move on and start healing and start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's a very tough journey. It's very tough. I like what you said about having compassion and that she does and everyone deserves. We actually deserve better than that. And one of the biggest struggles I see and hear and experienced for many of us is actually having compassion for yourself and acknowledging and recognizing that you do deserve better. You've been so beaten down mentally for some people, physically and financially, socially, all those ways, emotionally beaten down that it's, it's tough to feel like you do, do deserve more that you you do have worth and i think also those those questions that we're hearing from the general public who haven't been in the situation are the same questions that we are so cruel towards ourselves with we will say well how come i didn't leave sooner how come i didn't know it was abuse how come i stayed so long and, and we've done that to ourselves. And we finally get to the point where it's like, you know what? I don't know why I stayed. I don't know why I didn't understand it was abuse. And then we step out and we lean into our village and our community. And we're looking for a warm place and a safe place to land that will help us heal and escape from. And then we're hit with those same questions. And it just, it, it 
you're just reeling from that and the doubt and the guilt and the shame all comes back on. And I think that is a factor in pushing people back into those situations because uh, that is more familiar than pushing and advocating for support. And like you say, we need to talk about this more and bring this awareness and then also connect people. Okay. Well, so the, it's so prevalent. There's an, there's actually an epidemic of it. There is a state of emergency. There's an epidemic and that is actually been declared in some parts of, of our world, of our, of our country and of our, uh, of North America, that they're, they're actually saying this is not only a mental health crisis is going on, but a, a crisis of abuse. Alberta has one of the highest domestic abuse rates in all of Canada. In all of Canada. And I think what we are lacking is educating our children about abuse. What does that look like? We're also lacking educating our, our I'm not going to say girls only, because I think it should be both genders. Um <laughs> educating these these our, our our younger generation about how to love ourselves and our worth we teach them all these things in school but we don't teach them the, the basic social um, skills and and life skills and you know what is okay and what is not okay um i we have a client that we're currently helping right now she's been with her husband since she was 17. They got married, they had kids, and she just recently left them. She's got an APO on them. And, you know, she said, I never even, it was, you know, when he started getting physically abusive. But then she says to me, I look at all the things that I've been through. It wasn't just the physical, it was the emotional, it was the financial, it was the the mental. And, and so this is the thing. A lot of these girls are getting into relationships really young and, Again, they, they they don't see anything different. How do you identify with, identify how someone loves you if this is how they've always loved you and this is how you identify as what love is, right? How do we explain to the, this younger generation, love is not what you get from the outside. It's not an external validation. It's what you give yourself. And I think we need to teach our younger generation what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in order for us to break these cycles and these traumas. And it's, it's, it's a lot bigger than it's a, a bigger picture than the woman leaving the abuse. Now it's like, what about these children that are growing up in it and are learning it and are thinking this is normal. I was that child. I, so I, I think it's so much bigger and I would love to see, you know, I don't know if this will ever be possible, but anything is possible to see what, what that could, what, how that could be brought into the educational system, right? How are we making, bringing awareness to these, the younger generation about domestic abuse and what that looks like. And there are kids that are being abused within their homes who don't even realize that this is abuse because this is all they're used to. And so it's a bigger, it's a lot bigger, it's a bigger picture than just the 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 woman leaving the relationship. It's the children that are also suffering. There's just so many components to this. Like you can just we could sit here for hours picking away at so many of the things, but I know we only have an hour. <laughs> so I won't try and sit there and pick away at that. But for me, I think the biggest thing for me 
And what really drives me is when these women have children, um, simply because I raised my four kids on my own. Um, my ex left the country when I left him and I raised my kids on my own. But it was the biggest blessing because I was able to teach my kids, this is what's acceptable. This is not what's acceptable. Um, my kids were beaten down. Like, you know, they, they, my oldest had no self-esteem, had no self-worth. Um, and it took a lot of time, a lot of time to instill those beliefs in them and those values and to learn, have them learn to love themselves, have them learn to have a voice. Um, wasn't always nice when I had to hear about it, you know, when they talked back to me about, you know, and I have to say, I would take accountability when I was wrong too. So um, it's a bigger picture. And I, I want, I want the younger generation to have healthier relationships, not just with their, their partners or with their, but with their friends and with themselves. And it, it's so much bigger than just the domestic abuse. It's the abuse that we, like you said earlier, it's how we talk to ourselves. We're abusive to ourselves most of the time, the way we talk to ourselves. We need to change that. We need to reframe it and, and have a different perspective on, on what abuse looks like. Well, there's so many takeaways from this. So one thing, a visual that comes to mind fairly often for me is instead of continuing to pull people out of the river, let's go upstream. Let's see where we can make a difference earlier and prevent the abuse. And I think it's very important that men are made more aware of, because there's so many amazing, incredible men that are wonderful role models as husbands, partners, friends, uh, neighbors, brothers, whatever it might be. And if we could really celebrate them and set them as, as, as role models of how to treat others and teach younger boys and teach them as they're growing up and model for them how to treat others, whether it's, you know, their coworkers or, or, or girls and women, and that is huge. And the other thing related to how we treat ourselves there's only one person you're going to spend every minute of your entire life with, and that is yourself. And if you're bullying yourself or you're being cruel to yourself, what a what a sad way to exist. So if we can kind of if we can keep those points in mind and look for opportunities, uh, if we've noticed that there's maybe kind of a a little bit of a gray off color meme or joke or something that's that is out there, is bring you know kind of call that out in a in a diplomatic way and go, okay, but how how would you feel if that was about your daughter or something to that effect right and just make people aware of how infiltrated these you know sometimes very subliminal messages of accepting that women are are demoralized uh and and becoming aware of that and making those changes and and educating that way too but i i would love to see this more in the education system i actually just recently interviewed dr jody carrington and i don't know if you're familiar with her mm -hmm. but um, she writes and speaks all the time and really advocates for our teachers and our systems, not only uh, many things she teaches about connection and, you know, how to reconnect and, and self learn how to self-regulate and teach our children. But the education system is, I, I find an interesting point that you've made because during a school week, 
our children spend more time with their teachers than with us. And it's an opportunity for them to hear from someone that isn't as emotionally involved with them, like their parents and caregivers to, to teach and model some lessons around this. And I think it's vital, not only to, you know, the crisis that we've talked about with the mental health crisis, but this, this abuse and, and what they're I think also, I think also too, like, I think we need to educate our teachers too, about the signs of abuse. Like if a child comes to school and they're like, you know, something's wrong, like there's, it's a bigger, it's, it's looking at the behaviors of these, these children. And, you know, maybe there's a sign of abuse there that they need, they maybe don't know, or, um, it's just, I feel like we need to be able to give our, our children a better opportunity and not so regimented in our education system um, that we need to also teach our, our kids, not just about math and science and all that. We need to teach them life skills. We need to teach them about what does, you know, what is normal? What is normal? Like, is there such a thing as, as normal? Like who, who identifies what normal is? Your normal might be different than my normal. Um, there's a lot, there's so many components, the cultural component, um, you know, so many different cultures that this is very common in, very, very common. And so to them, this is like normal, like this is normal and that's, that's not okay. Um, and the religious part of it, there's just so many barriers that we need to break down in order for us to say, okay, this is what we want. We want to make sure that the message going across is um, this is not okay. This is not how it should be. And I think one of the bigger things too is the fear of speaking out. The fear of speaking out. What will the consequences be if we spoke out? Right. I know for me, um, growing up in, in the culture that I did and the religion that I did, you never talked you never spoke about any of this. It was all swept underneath the rug. And when my mom passed away, let me tell you, I just, that was it. I just like was, I just kept on talking about it because I didn't have to protect her anymore. And that's why I never spoke about it. I never spoke about it because if I did, my mother would suffer the consequences from my dad. And so I was protecting her. And when she passed away, she gifted me with my voice. She gifted me with speaking my truth. And I so want to re-gift my, what was give, gifted to me to so many other women and, and children. And when we see all these women that we've helped, and, you know, I had a conversation with one of the ladies that we helped um, just recently. She sold her house. She's moved into a rental. She didn't have to file bankruptcy. She's found a new job. Um, we've connected her with the right people. We found her a mover. It was, and to, you know, she connected with me yesterday. She's like, I feel like there's a glimmer of hope now. And I, she's like, it's, it's, it's been a lot, but it was so worth it. You know, and you see, like I, I follow her on Instagram and, and just to see how well she's doing. And um, we work with uh, a, 
we've collaborated with Leah Tabitha, who, who does our trauma release therapy for a lot of our clients. And we pay for that, you know, because we know they can't afford it. But the work that they have done to, they want to get better. They want to get better. So the work that they've done with Leah um, and helping them heal all this trauma, and that trauma goes back way further than you know, just the marriage and the abuse, it goes back further to their childhood. So to see them thriving and doing the work and they're doing the work, that's that's the amazing part is they are doing the work. They want to do the work. They want to get better. They want to see their children thrive too. So when you thrive, your children thrive. When your energy changes, everyone else's energy shifts around you too. So it's a ripple effect. And so when you see that positive ripple effect of how when these women get better, everything around them gets better, that's what drives me to think, okay, and I can't save the world. And if I, and I said to myself when I started this, if I can help one woman, one woman get through what she's going through and what, what I went through or what you went through, then I've served my purpose. But we've served many, <laughs> we've helped more than one. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, all my board members and I, we all work full-time jobs. So this is all volunteer. Everything that we make goes right back to the community. Um, but it's, it's what drives me. It's what drives me to see these women leave and not give up on themselves. That's what drives me. When you mentioned, Madge, about, speaking out and how we really encourage women to speak out. And that's when change starts to happen. It brought to mind something. And I, I want to mention Jody again, because it's like, I just talked to her a couple of days ago, but um, she mentioned the concept of reaching in. And I think that is a very valid point to make as well, because whether it's grieving, which you, you also pointed out, this is a grieving mourning loss process as well and if someone is grieving or if they are in a position that they do need our support and we we know that a lot of the natural reaction is to kind of step back and and you know hands off and you kind of want to look the other way and it's awkward and cringy and, and people don't necessarily want to go there and yet whether they're a sport coach a teacher a neighbor a friend a, a relative really consider reaching in and saying Hey, you know, do you want do you want me to take the kids? Um, you know, we're going to go do this thing. Do your kids want to come along? Or I made a, a, a massive lasagna and I'm going to bring half of it over to your house. Or uh, do you just want to go for a coffee sometime? Uh, you know, you seem really uh, like there's a lot on your mind. Do you want to talk? Or that's just use your imagination of the ways that you can reach in. And instead of saying, well, is there anything I can do? Just let me know if there's anything I can do. Well, that is really hard for people to ask sometimes so if, if you just reach in and do it um you know it, it can go a long ways and it might be met with um some some awkwardness yes because the person might not be ready to admit to themselves even let alone share that with others uh, another thing that is very powerful that she did mention too was creating village and creating your village, calling in your village and talk to the, again, an example is your sports coach or teacher and just say, Hey, like we're going through some stuff at home. So um, if you see something happening with 
the, my child or, um, you know, or, or just say, I'm going through some stuff and I'm, it's a struggle and, uh, you know, please just allow me that space or whatever it might be. Let some people know and don't worry about that shame and guilt. And if people aren't receptive, that tells you about uh, who you can trust in, in your world and in, in your environment. So there, there are ways and yes, they're not always easy, often not easy, but they're very important. And that is what will instigate that change and help, help you to get out of it as well. I, um, and, and when you mentioned hope, there is hope. So hope and hell is a series on the podcast. Uh, you've been on it as a guest sharing your more of your story and what you do. There is uh, hope and hell online divorce or online support group. And that is free and people can join, you know, wherever and where they feel safe. And that is another way that we're trying to help support and give people hope that, you know, we're here, you're not alone. Let's figure out how we can help get you to a better place. I think what, as women, we're so conditioned not to learn, like we're so conditioned not to ask. We're always, we don't know how to receive. We know how to, you know, we've got that maternal um, thing about us where we're good to give, but we're never good to receive. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the women that we've helped have had a hard time with is they feel like they're a burden or they're imposing or that, you know, they're, they're asking too much. And I feel like this is where we also need to change that, reframe that to be, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help and not feel that shame. Cause I'm sure one day you're going to, you're going to pay that back or pay it forward in some shape, way or form. And I think that's one of the things that that's a big thing with the clients that we've helped is they don't want to ask. So I just offer. I just, okay, I know you need this. So we're going to do this for you. I don't even ask. I just do it because I know I, I was that woman. So I know what it was like not to, I never wanted help from anyone because I felt like if I asked for help that I was failing, that I needed to do this on my own. And the only way I can succeed is I can do it on my own. But at the same time, I was drowning. I was drowning and it was hard. And so, you know, I had a good friend say to me, you know, sometimes you need the biggest gift you can give someone is allow them to gift you that gift of receiving of them giving and you receiving. And so I kind of look at things now differently when, I, when someone does offer to help, it's a huge thing to learn how to receive. And it's not, it doesn't make you any less. It just means that it's okay for you to receive that and, and not feel shame about it. There's so much shame that is put on us already. And, um, and we need to, we need to kind of, we need to eliminate that, that thought process of, you know, if you ask, you're not, you're not enough. We are enough. And well, women need to know that. One of the bravest things you can do is ask for help, especially concerning your safety, especially concerning your mental health. That is one of the bravest things that you can do. And I'd like to add to that is one of the bravest things you also can do is to reach in and, and offer to help. Because that's not our natural yeah. instinct is necessarily. I mean, even from a maternal sense, we feel like, oh, they're going to think we we're trying to get in their business or we're being nosy or it's not my place. They'll ask if they need. No, <laughs> no, no. You know, it's funny because a lot of the times 
women will really mask what's going on in their homes. And so I'm from the outside looking in, everything looks great, right? Everything looks honky dory, you know, and when they, and when she does finally decide or breaks that I can't do this anymore, you know, what do they all say? Well, it didn't look like you were unhappy. It didn't look like that, you know, you had any problems. Well, that's because we hide it well. And so when you're, when you're basically, when you're leaving, you're pretty much stripping down all these layers of, of this, these, this veil that you kept on, you kept on adding layer after layer, layer after layer. It's like that little onion that now you're starting to peel all these layers away that you need to heal. And so, and that could be years and years and years of it. There are women that have been in these situations for God, for 20 to 30 years. That's a lot of trauma. That's a lot of pain. That's a lot of grief. So, you know, if that's all you've known, it's hard to ask for that help. But we want to, we want these women to know, you know, we're not here to judge. We're here to, we want to open our arms to you and, and give you a safe place to come to. And I tell you, my clients will, they'll text me or call me. And I, last week I had one of my clients call me just crying on the phone. And I said, okay, so we talked it through and we got her calmed down and, you know, but they're going to have those days. They are going to have those days, you know, and, and it's sometimes it's really exhausting. It's exhausting. But when you see them coming out on the other side of it, wow, it's amazing. It's the most beautiful thing ever. It is the most beautiful thing ever. Thank you so much for what you've shared with us today, Madge, and, and the conversation that is very important, the awareness that we can help bring to this. It's it's just phenomenal. Um and I'd like to open this up as well. If anybody has comments or questions that they would like to make, they're, you're more than welcome to do so. If you prefer, you can drop it in the chat. And um, what I can do, so it this is a natural point that I can end the recording and we can continue with some conversation and I'll use that uh, initial recording for the podcast. I do want to add that we do have an upcoming um, masquerade gala fundraiser in October. Um, it's being held at the bow building on the 54th floor. It's uh, really, you were there last year, Dina. Yes. Um, it was an amazing evening and, you know, we do rely on all our, all, all the support that we get is, is based on our fundraisers. Um, so it is, it's a great evening to dress up and come out and enjoy some cocktails and nappies. And we have a live band and a magician and it's It was such an amazing evening last year. Um, and we're doing it again this year at the same venue. So um, I do want to say that our nonprofit really relies on on the community to help us fundraise and to be able to help these women um, through what they're going through. And the name of your organization that you have created and it is Women on Wings Society. So all that information will be in the show notes. I'll also include the link for the gala, the Masquerade Gala fundraiser that's coming up on, on October 14th, I believe, right? That's correct. And we'll have that in the show notes for everyone to, to find that. And I'll also include it in, I believe I can add 
comments to the chat after this event, but if not, it will be on the podcast so that you can find that. And thank you again, Madge, uh, so much value thank that you. you, the support that you offer. And it's just incredible. Thank you for allowing me to share this platform with you today. I, it's an honor to do that and speak about what we're doing and what a lot of, there's so many other organizations out there that are amazing, um, all doing such great work. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through divorce or separation. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, divorce resource groups, blog, and all content, including our podcast, is intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada does not constitute endorsements for nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.